You are now listening to Storytellers. Today's storyteller is Fabian Palumbo. He's a proud father, an old friend from high school, and a walking miracle. Well, I am 30-something years old. Leave it at something. <laughs> so, um, who am I? I mean, I'm a typical Hispanic. Grew up in a very fun life. I mean, typical childhood, working, whatnot, and going off school and being, quote-unquote, good. So, I met you 20-something years ago at high school. Barons. Yeah. So um, we met at Benita High. I mean, she was my Metro president, actually. <laughs> you were my Metro president. That. Yes, yeah, I was the photographer, money. or I remember what it was. <laughs> so um, we thought we had the world in our hands and we were important and grew up in a Christian lifestyle. But obviously, when I was in high school, I was too busy for God. So, Mama, like, you know what, God, I'm don't need you right now so I'll see you during a, a mass where my grandma dragged me into it or mm-hmm. quinceañera or funeral yeah which are popular I mean like typical Hispanic we'll go to we'll go to masses for quinceañeras funerals and whatever so I was busy I was busy being myself I was busy being a social being egocentric and thought the world it was my hands so Long story short, and when we were seniors in high school, um, before the first semester ended, around, well, it was December 14th, that was normal weekend. I was like, oh, let's go party in TJ. By this, I started partying in TJ by age 15, 16, because I was important. I could get in the clubs, mm-hmm. and I had the money to pay people, so just get in there and by the time I was actually 18 I was like yes I'm legal I can party it up everywhere so we went to my usual club back then was called Baby Rock so it was the most popular club it was like the place to be there place to be there every weekend so I went there because you probably don't know this but I went there because of a girl oh yeah because yeah I had a girlfriend (laughs) but I went there because of another girl who had a birthday party so I had to be there I had to be there because to me the party didn't start till I got there whatever the life of the party yeah I was the life of the party yeah yeah so around 12 30 12 40 me my bro- my brother my cousin and I um went I was half asleep already so I, like, I woke up in the middle of the night because I had to be there so we went I mean we got our typical reserve table like right by the dance floor and which again I was important around one in the morning my brother was at my at one of my side and my cousin was at the other side I was in between them two so I was like they moved we were standing up by the dance floor something exploded so by this I found myself right underneath a two-ton lighting structure that fell on my head crushed like a like the way you crush a soda can with your feet and I didn't realize what had happened. I was like, to me, the first, like, oh, the bottle. We broke the bottle. We broke the bottle. My shirt, my shirt is, my Versace shirt is full of blood. My pants are full of blood. I was on the ground. I was right under under the two-ton lighting structure, and I had a 15, no, about 12-inch gash across my head from basically from ear to ear. Oh, my gosh. Bleeding to death, and my brother didn't know what to do. They pulled me out, and people were running back and forth. People were... that didn't get affected by that, fell over, people crushed them, they had broken arms, broken legs. Security door, emergency door was locked. 
the DJ had fled the scene because he had weed, coke, and alcohol and partying it up in the DJ booth. The manager had left, so everything was hush-hush. So what my brother did, like, they pulled me out, they took me through the front, and they drove me to a hospital. They didn't know what to do. They just stopped supposedly my bleeding. I was like, you know what, I can't do anything because it was just a hospital for kids. And they, my brother ran back because the ho- that hospital was like about a block and a half from the from Baby Rock, and he t- got an ambulance. They took me to another hospital, which has which had about 20, 30 people from the same accident. So they stitched me up. Hey, like, hey, dude, you're good to go. Wow. Like, wait. How am I good to go? I can't feel my legs. Oh, you're fine. You'll be fine. No, you're fine. You can't. I can't feel my legs. I'm like, dude, I cannot walk. I came in. I came into the club walking, and I cannot walk. Wow. So by this, I didn't realize what had happened, and my parents weren't home. My parents were in Arizona, so I told my brother, like, hey, call my mom. Yeah. So they realized that basically I was gonna be dead. Oh my god. So when my mom flew in, my mom and dad flew in. I was like, hey, whatever you believe in. Pray to that because he's not gonna make it. Okay, I'm like I was 18 and I was like, why did this happen? I'm like, so it was just in the blink of an eye, my life's changed and like people, were like, hey, we're praying for you, we're praying for you. I'm like, okay, go ahead, pray for me. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until one moment um, that one of my uncles came in. I was like, hey, do you mind if I bring my pastor in to pray for you? I was like, yeah. It reminds me of. That story when friends took their paralytic friend to Jesus and they dug a hole in the ceiling just to pray over him and just to get healed. They had enough faith. They had enough faith that their friend was going to get healed. So my uncle had enough faith that God could like do a miracle in my life. I was like, okay, like yeah, just bring him in. So he came in and like I don't know, I couldn't move. I couldn't move my my hands. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't feel anything. I just just was who I was in the bed and and um, the pastor came in like hey Fabian do you have enough faith and understand and understand that God can heal you and I I couldn't again I couldn't move and um, started crying and I closed my eyes I'm like yes I do I don't know how but I know something will happen through this it's like you know what I don't know when or what but one day you will be in front of my church giving your testimony mm. of the the work that God's going to do in your life. I'm like, okay, cool. That night, kid you not, uh, God came into my dreams and was like, you will get up in the name of Jesus. Mm. The following day, I started moving my legs. Wow. I started moving my legs and I told my doctors, hey, doctor, I was really happy. I was like, hey, doctors, I came, I came, I came with my legs. I'm like, no, you, you're not moving them. I'm like, dude, are you blind? I'm moving my right leg. I'm pulling it up. I'm like, no, you're not. Okay, I'm going to move my left leg. I was like, I moved it. I was like, and I got like so distraught. And I was like, I got like, they burst my bubble. I was like, no, you're not. I'm like, okay, fine. I got really pissed off. And they had given me a tennis ball because I couldn't move my legs. My, my hands, I'm sorry. And I threw it at him because he said it was involuntary movements. I threw it at him because I was really upset. And I hit him on the head. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, doctor. It was an involuntary movement. <laughs> this is the funny side of my story. So, but, you know, the, mo- the one of the most important things, aside from me walking, was graduation. Mm-hmm. We were seniors in high school. Well, I remember in high school, your accident just 
it was like fire. It just spread. And we were all in shock, praying, everything. And it's funny because after 20-something years, I just find out. I find this out. I'm like, because I didn't know anything that was going on. I had friends coming over, like mm-hmm. people staying there with me and whatnot. But I was like, in high school, I was like, I cannot graduate I was a senior I had like four more credits to go I'm like I didn't come all to this because of and, and not graduate because of an accident mm-hmm. so I called our principal like hey I need to graduate I was like okay when you're in San Diego because I was still in the hospital in TJ just call me and I'll bring your teachers and then whatnot I was like okay so two months fast forward about two two months from being in the hospital it had been December and around February I got transferred in San Diego to Sharp Rehab Center and I called them like hey I cannot walk I cannot do much but I want to graduate with my friends mm. so he sent me a teacher to the hospital and then to home, to my house and I, I didn't care about not walking I didn't care about not moving not being able to move my hands and my parents were told hey he's Okay, he didn't die, but he'll become a vegetable. He's going to be dependent on you guys to the rest of your life, of his life. Uh-huh. So, like, every single time I met with the doctor, hey, doctor, am I going to walk? No, I don't know, Fabian, I don't know. Well, hey, doctor, am I going to walk? Like, I don't know, because I wanted to walk yeah. because, of my high sc- because of high school, because of graduation. Hey, doctor, am I going to walk? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. So I didn't become a vegetable, and then they said, like, you know what? He's never going to walk. He's going to be um, paraplegic from the waist down for the rest of his life. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. Fine. I'm not going to walk. I'll be in a wheelchair. I'm just going to enjoy my life and still graduate with my with my friends. So God is so wonderful. It's like he moves everything. Like he put an angel in my life. He was a Vietnam veteran. Mm. As the head of my of my physical therapy, like, and he started realizing that I could have, I had movement, I have some feeling, waist down, and and I had one of my last neurosurgical appointments. I'm like, hey doctor, am I ever gonna walk? I need you to tell me the truth. Like, look, Fabian, just say you're in a stranded island, and you need to swim to shore. Those are your chances. I'm more like, whoa, I have a one in a million chance. This is my dumb and dumber chance. Like, I do have a chance. Are you telling me there's a chance? But there's always a but. You will never recover your hands. My hands were like claws. I couldn't touch one one finger to another. So I'm like, fine. I'm, I don't care about my hands. I was very athletic. I was into basketball. I was into baseball. I, went, I was about to go into track. So finding myself in a wheelchair, I was like, oh, this isn't me. So I'm like, God, what are you trying to do with this? What are you trying to do? So this guy who became my physical therapist realized that I had movement. He came in on a Friday evening into my room, into my room at Sharp. Like, hey, I'm coming in tomorrow on a Saturday. I was like, for what? Like, it's your day off. I'm like, no, I'm coming in tomorrow. For what? You're walking. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm sick. I'm like, I was scared to death. But I was scared to death because more of failure. Mm. Having hope, having false hope, and like, yeah, be after being in the wheelchair for over three months, and like getting, getting, getting able to stand up and not being able to move. So I was more afraid of the failure, uh, not not of walking, basically failing and falling off. So I was like, no, I'm gonna be there with you. I'm like, right. So he came in. I was like, no, like I was scared to death the next morning. I'm like, I'm going to throw up on you. Fabian, you can throw up on me. I'll go home and clean up, but I'll be back to get you. Mm. So this doctor told me three, oh, backtrack a little bit. When this doctor told me that I was that I had to swim to shore, he said, your first few steps, you're going to take them within 
six months to a year. Mm. So I'm like, around March, three months after my, my the accident, this guy came in and said, we're walking. So I'm like, right. So my first steps that were basically I dragged my feet when I got up he came in he rolled me into the parallel bars I grabbed myself and he had a gate belt around me so I wouldn't fall and I moved I was like wow. dude I just ran a mile I think I did like three or f- three to five steps and to me it was like running a mile in less than eight minutes wow I was like yes I did it mm-hmm. so my first few steps with God's grace and God's love I started taking them within three months. Mm. And by this, I still had my graduation behind my head. I got out, I got released through from the hospital around April, I think. Mm -hmm. Got sent home and like my parents were like, you need an elevator, you need this, you need that because I was in a wheelchair. you, you You need a hospital bed. Like, no, I don't need this. I'm not gonna need this. Like you can put a hospital bed, you can do this, but I'm not gonna need it for long. I'm like, wow. I'm gonna get out of this. I was in the wheelchair for about a year and a half, two years. Uh-huh. I fell off the wheelchair, I flew off, I crashed the wheelchair, I enjoyed it. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I was like, this isn't me. I had restless nights of crying, I had restless nights of emotional pain, wrestling with God, I'm like, why me, God? Why me? In the back of my head, I'm like, right, I'm going to do this. Fast forward to June, whatever it was, June 13th, which yeah. our graduation, we, I went I went to the um, ceremony, no, the practice the day before, and like nobody knew, and my physical therapist was there. And one of our teachers came to us on ceremony, came, came to me, he's like, Fabian, I am retiring, Miss Kimball. Okay. I'm retiring, and I want to push you. I'm like, okay, Kimball. I called her Kimbola. I'm like, okay, Kimball, you can, <laughs> you can push me. But when I tell you to stop, I need you to stop. So why? It's like, just listen to me. When I tell you to stop, you need to stop. Like, okay. So she wheeled me. We had a ramp. Mm-hmm. My physical therapist was there, and he put a belt around me, and nobody knew. So. I had a walker. I had a walker, and I think it was like the first time that over a thousand people saw me. It's like she, he, my therapist put the walker in front of me, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this. And I got up of the wheelchair, and I just heard people screaming, mm-hmm. crying their hearts out. And I turned around, and I saw our principal. He's crying, mm-hmm. bawling. I was like, I started crying. <laughs> Mr. Schneeman was up there. I started when I got my diploma. And to this day, after my daughter's birth, was the biggest moment in my life. I walked with my friends, and I graduated but it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of me. It was because of God. Mm-hmm. God and has... I, and I want to add, too, when I think of graduation, aside from graduating and finishing high school and all of that, the image of you walking up that ramp, last name's Diaz. So I got a really beautiful view, and all of us were in tears. I knew that your goal was to walk to get your diploma. And I was just like, he did it. And I was like, God is so good. And I was only barely going to be 18 at that time. What a, a moment, a beautiful moment that was to all of us with hope and faith and determination, yeah. like right in front of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, and to this day, like I've seen uh, Dr. Schaefer, because I still call him Dr. Schaefer around. He lives in Bonita still. And, and to this day, it's like I still remember that day, Fabian. 
He retired that day, as I still remember. Our, he said our graduation. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know what, God? I was like, why did you do this? So I was like, why am I so important to you? Mm. What's so important about me? I'm like, I felt useless. I felt unworthy. God used something so big, f- not for not for glory to shine on me, for His glory to shine through me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a couple months after my accident, I started realizing that it wasn't an accident at all. It was more of a bigger blessing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the person who was my best friend got assassinated a couple months after. Oh, I didn't know that. Another one of my friends got kidnapped and tortured and mutilated. Oh, my God. To me, I never did anything wrong, but I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was hanging out. Like your life was spared in that sense? Yeah, I mean, God pulled me out of the environment where where I was in. I never never did drugs. I never dealt drugs. I was around people that had them. Mm-hmm. Dealt them, did them, and whatnot. But to me, it was like, oh, I'm I'm smarter than this. Mm-hmm. Back then, assassinations were just really no- a norm. So I'm like, I'm like, what? To this day, I'm like, God, why? It's like, why did you take me out of there? I'm like, not because I'm like, oh, well, I, I thank him for taking me out, and like, yeah. I have a beautiful daughter now. But it's like, the bigger reason. Of it was it was a bigger reason. Yeah. I'm like. To me, it's like, yeah, it's an accident, but to me, it was a bigger blessing. Honestly, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Wow. Your life because, would have been a completely different... Oh, yeah, different. My, my life would have... I probably wouldn't be alive. So it's just like God's mercy, God's love was like so sufficient and enough to save... One, to save my life, to give me back my life. I mean, after being in a wheelchair for about two years, I was like... Being told that I was gonna die, I was gonna be a vegetable. I was gonna be in peril. I was gonna be a paraplegic. I was gonna be handicapped, quote unquote, handicapped. Giving me one, my life back. One, two, giving me my first goal was to graduate. Three is like just being dependent. Being a parent now is just, it's just it closes it, it closes the circle, but it doesn't close it because his work's not done. I may walk with the deficiency, but one time one of my mentors is like, you know why you walk the way you do? It's like why? One, because people are gonna ask you what happened, and two, because God's glory will shine through you. Mm-hmm. One time a pastor told me, he's like, you think God's purpose in your life has is big? I'm like, yeah. Wait for it Because your daughter's purpose In her life is bigger mm, I was like That's beautiful Whoa Well I'm like From being From being called dead Brain, brain dead I mean because I went through A bunch of pain mm-hmm. It hurt physically Emotionally yeah. Psychologically And it probably still does But I know that After everything God still holds me by the hand mm-hmm. One of my favorite verses is um, Philippians 1 6 like being well known that the work is done in me is not finished until the days of Jesus Christ so I know his work his work is not done his work is not done in me or in anybody's life because he doesn't do things halfway he'll finish it off so it's a privilege to just to do and just to show not my story his story through my life mm-hmm. because it's not, it hasn't been and it will never be about me. It's like I didn't do it on my own. I may have taken it like with a bigger normality that than anybody could mm-hmm. because I enjoyed my time in a wheelchair. I can I had fun. I played rugby. <laughs> 
I play rugby. I crash. I crash into other people's wheelchairs. I crash into like we'll play with the, with my cousins and uncles. Like we made and flew off because we knew how to. We knew how to maneuver a wheelchair. But inside of me, I was dead. I was broken. I was like, why did this happen to me? It's like why? It's like now I understand it. Why? Like after. It's taken yeah. probably about 20-something years, and now I get the privilege to share his story through my life mm-hmm. with kids. I mean, the first time, the guy, the, the the person who became my first pastor, who just passed away a couple of years back, invited me to a, a youth retreat a couple of years back. And as I stood there, I just, it just reminisces like my life. I was like, I was here, I was doing this dancing, partying and whatnot. Now I'm preaching or mm-hmm. talking about my story in front of thousands of kids. Kids have come to God because of his story through my life. Mm-hmm. If you're going through an adversity, just know that it's not the end of the world. No. I mean, going through an adversity is, is just polishes your character. It just mm-hmm. makes you a stronger person. I mean, like, one time I asked my brother, I was like, hey, what would happen if this would have been you? Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't handle it. It's like, I'm, I'm glad it's me. I'm glad it's me. And, and you know what? As, and to this day, like, if I fall, like, I fall and I still fall or whatnot, I'm still holding on to God's hand. I'm still holding on to God's hand. Like, okay, I have fallen. Okay. I learned or I know my body my body language, I was like, okay, I need to rest. I need to rest. Oh, I need I need my cane. I need this. Mm-hmm. Even now, my daughter, okay, dad, I'm holding you so you don't fall. Oh, that's sweet. I'm holding you really tight so you don't fall. Oh. So it's just like God's holding on to me through her. It's been an amazing 20-something years, 20, almost 21 years. Like, if I think about it, I was like, would I do it again? Heck yeah, I would. Hearing the fact that you would do it again who would say yeah like that can happen again i would do it again why because it took me back to my stomping grounds it took me back to god it took me back Uh to finding my purpose Mm. finding a purpose in life finding my life finding myself so yeah i would do it again why because i now i understand that god is with me the bigger picture yeah i now i understand the bigger picture i know that if something happens in my life okay Okay, God, why are you trying to show me? Yeah. God, why are you trying to show me? It's like I've, I've gone through mental health issues, but I know I've gone through anxiety here and there. But I know God holds me in. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs by a Christian Stanford is called Always. My foes are many, and I still know that you are there. And you always were, you are, you are always with me. Yeah. You're always with me. I may fall, you're still holding on to me. Yeah, I would do it again. I would go through pain again. Why? Because and you're if, it with like a smile. oh yeah, I would. I am. <laughs> like, think about it. if Jesus Christ suffered lashes, whipping mm. the cross, and to and the bigger cross, yeah. would I go through pain knowing that God's still with me? Heck yeah, I would. And I know God's glory will sh- will continue to shine mm. through my life. It may be in a probably a more difficult task because I'm not 18 anymore, but. I know that God still holds me. I know yeah. God has not let go of my hand. As sometimes I probably have let go of his hand, but I know that I was like, okay, Fabian, you messed up. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm human, yeah, but... We all have our moments, our seasons. I know about hope. I know about faith. I know about mercy mm-hmm. and a merit gift. So I know God's mercy will still hold my life, just like has held Giovanna. Well, my Giovanna's my daughter. And knowing that... I am seeing her purpose. I mean, couple a couple weeks ago, I, I was invited. I had the privilege to be invited to a, um, a youth group, 
at um at a community church. My daughter was with me. He's like, "Do you want to come with me or do you want to stay?" He's like, "I want to go." And it was the first time she heard daddy's story. And when we left, like, "Dad, you really almost died?" "Yes, I almost died." "Wait, so you probably wouldn't have been my dad?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> but yeah, she was like piecing everything <laughs> together. What I took from there, I shared with, well, we shared because she shared the stage with me um, with uh, high school and junior high, middle school, junior high. That's, that shows how old I am. And one of the parents who was there is like, it was like, I open up, I open it up to questions and answers. I was like, you don't have a question. I just have a word to your daughter. It's like, young lady, you have a very strong character. Continue to do it. I was like, that right there itself fulfilled and closed the circle. Knowing that all the pain, all the suffering, all the physical therapy, kicking, screaming, you know what, I'm done with this, I don't want to continue. That right there has had been enough for somebody that didn't has not known my daughter speak life into her. So it's just it's it's been an amazing ride. God's, God's with us and I've shared I mean I'm sure I, I just had a couple of tears, but I'm not they're tears of joy of reminiscing what I was and who I was. The cocky guy, the egocentric guy, the guy who who wore all black when Versace passed away and mm. to who I am now. To who I am now, knowing that my story is gonna share some hope. If you're going through an adversity, you're not alone. One, you have people behind you supporting you. And two, most importantly, you have God with you. If I knew then what I know now, I would do it again. Okay, let's do this, God. Yeah, it's, it's just a testament that God's love is still here. It's like who he was 2,000 plus years ago is the same person who I serve now. Same yesterday. Same yesterday tonight. and tomorrow. So it's like I get, to, I get to serve him now. I get to mm-hmm. basically thank him every single day of my life for doing what he has done and what, what he continued to do in my life. Amen. Thank you so much for being My here. pleasure. Thank you for sharing no, your story. Thank you for having me. That was Fabian, today's storyteller. Now a short message by Philip McIntosh. I'm Priscilla, host and creator of Storytellers. Until the next episode, God bless. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Storytellers. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but when we hear somebody's story for the first time, it can kind of blow us away. We maybe even have known that person for a while and uh, been an acquaintance of theirs or maybe even worked alongside of them. And we hear this their life story and we're, we're taken back and surprised maybe at some of the things they've faced and overcome, maybe some of the places they've been to or some of the things that they've done and accomplished and maybe we even look and realize we uh, saw them in a totally different light before we we heard their story. We maybe thought they were something they weren't, and and we hear their story, and and our eyes are open to who they truly are. And that that reminds me of of the greatest story of all time, and that's the story of of God and the story of Him being Creator of heaven and earth and of mankind, and and His story of relentlessly pursuing his creation, man, with love and with grace, relentlessly pursuing us to show us that he wants us involved in that story, that he wants to work his story in and through us. 
And here at Storytellers, we want to encourage you, if you've never heard his story, we want to encourage you, grab a Bible, give us a call, reach out to us, social media or email, and we would love to share his story with you. Because maybe, maybe you've seen God in a different light. Maybe you've assumed God is one thing, but if you've never really heard his story, you, you may not know him at all. So we want to encourage you to find out the true story, the story of God and his love for you. Reach out to us in any way you can, and we would love to share his story with you. But know that he loves you, and know that his story involves you.